Hey everyone, welcome back to our weird world. I'm Brian. Where have I been? Well, I've been on hiatus for a little while. I posted on Facebook back, um, gosh, I don't remember exactly when it was. But anyways, yeah, I took a little bit of a hiatus. Um, big part of it had to do with my work. Um, before, when I would record these episodes, I would do them in the mornings before I would go to work. I worked uh, second shift, uh, so I would go in about 1.45 uh, in the afternoon. So it would give me the morning to do research, to record, to do all my editing. That's when I would do it. And I had a lot of free time. I was I would be home by myself and I, I could record because I, I don't have the um, benefit of having a uh, you know nice soundproof studio or anything like that. So uh, I rely on my um, you know uh, post editing to to get rid of background noise, things like that. But anyways, that was the time that I would spend recording and, and doing everything. But uh, recently, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I actually was laid off from my job, unfortunately. But before that, the last while that I was working, uh, they had changed uh, everybody's schedule because our production had uh, come to an end and we were just kind of helping basically close the place down where I worked, the production facility. And so because of that, I was going in in the mornings and would get home in the afternoon. And it didn't give me a lot of free time to sit down and record and, and just and record in a quiet space because like I said unfortunately I don't have a a sound room or a studio where I record so I I need to have a relatively quiet environment where I can record so unfortunately that led me to not be able to have much free time to do so or quiet free time I had some free time but still it's kind of weird I was on a different schedule it messed me up and I just was finding myself not having the time to do any research or record or anything but Anyways, yeah, with that said, I'm back. I'm going to start doing uh, hopefully some more regular episodes for you all. Um, so I just wanted to get back with the, a short brief one since I haven't uh, been here for a while. Um, figured I'd just do something that is one that I've always, a subject that I've always been interested in. It's a paranormal um, related. Um, and I, I thought it'd be kind of cool to just talk about it briefly. I'm going to get back into my, uh, uh, what was it, like the scheduled episodes I want to do where I was doing like the... Um, not scheduled, I should say the um, the serial killers. The, I wanted to continue that that series where I uh, go down each state and talk about the the most prolific serial killer. But the next one coming up is a really big one, so I want to do a little bit more, um, give myself more time to get some more research on it and and have uh, more time I can record it because it's probably going to be a pretty long one. I'm suspecting it might be a two parter, maybe. Uh, really depends on how much I dive into it obviously and when I get to recording so we'll see but I'm, I'm looking forward to it to the next one it's, it's it's definitely a big one it's it's one that has been done a lot uh, other podcasts uh, it's been featured on shows movies etc it, it, I'm looking forward to it but anyways like I said I thought I'd do something that definitely has there's a lot out there about it a lot of information a lot of research that there's other uh, podcasts about it there's books there's movies a lot of stuff on this this particular subject I want to talk about today that I've always enjoyed. I always thought it was a, a pretty neat one, pretty cool. And I'm sure a lot of you out there probably are familiar with it, uh, The Mothman. Uh, the, the, there's, there's the movie, which I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, called The Mothman Prophecies, uh, based on a book of the same name. But yeah, The Mothman, or, or sometimes even referred to as Mothman of West Virginia. So what exactly is this? What is the supposed Mothman? What, what, what is the idea of this? What, what's some of the information behind it? So like I said, it, it, it is commonly known as Mothman of West Virginia. 
So the story comes from a place called Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And the idea behind it is that there's this large, uh, I guess you could say humanoid-like creature that people refer to as the Mothman. And this Mothman has been, there's been many sightings of, of him, it, whatever you want to say, going back decades uh, in that area. Um, but the original sighting that, that a lot of this information comes from and, and uh, the book is based on that, that we'll talk about a little bit more here as well uh, and the movie as well uh, comes from a Roger and Linda Scarberry I, I believe I pronounced that right going back to November of 1966 as well as Steve and Mary uh, Mallet or Malay I'm, I'm thinking Mallet so all these people reportedly saw what they quoted as a large flying man with 10 foot wings so you can imagine that's you know, pretty big. That'd be quite a sighting to see wherever you are, right? Probably be pretty scary. Um, and they also quarterly said that it had uh, glowing red eyes. The claims of their sightings um, on the State Route 62, which is just north of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is where they claim to have seen this figure that later became known as the Mothman. Uh, they say they saw a menacing figure standing roughly six to seven feet tall, near what was an, aba- an abandoned uh, National Guard armory building at the time, as well as a power plant. So panicked, uh, Roger Scarberry, he immediately sped away from the creature and made their way to Point Pleasant. While they were doing this, the Mothman, or I guess you could call it a cryptid, I, I believe it would be considered a cryptid, apparently followed them. Now, when they arrived in Point Pleasant, they reported that, excuse me, they reported this to the local police. They went to the police and reported it, what they saw. They stated that the, quote, thing rose up like a helicopter, though saying it was a clumsy runner. These, these were quotes from them. Um, but they did say that it was very good at, quote, gliding, easily keeping pace even as the car reached 100 miles per hour. Did they actually do 100 miles per hour? You kind of think late 60s, what kind of car could do 100 miles per hour back then? You know, I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there's plenty that could, I guess. But that was their quote, that even as they reached 100 miles per hour, this thing was still keeping up with them. So regardless of how fast they actually were going, obviously it was able to keep up and was moving along rapidly with them. So that's pretty scary thought. So these two couples that saw this creature, they are the ones that dubbed it the Mothman. Uh, in this area. Now, this area was also referred to as the TNT area. TNT. Uh, it was called this because during World War II, the region, which comprised of more than 8,000 acres, was actually devoted to uh, ammunition manufacturing for the war effort. So, just through that, it became known as the TNT area. So, the Point Pleasant Register, they actually reported. Unusual sightings of this November 16th, 1966, and they titled it Couple See Man-Sized Bird, dot, 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 Creature, dot, 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 something. That was an actual title from a news article. Now, the national press soon picked up these reports and helped spread the story across the country. You can imagine seeing a headline like that in a local newspaper. You think, oh, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. Let's see what this is all about and get this story going more out there right 
be pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool. I'm looking at a picture from the uh, actual newspaper clipping from that date, 19, uh, November 16th, 1966. And yeah, it does say, couple see man-sized bird, dot, 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 creature, dot, 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 something, exclamation point. And then you can see the article, which the image I have is kind of hard to see to actually read the, the article. Um, but it just talks about what they experienced. So later, more reports started to come about in the next few days. Uh, there were two voluntary firemen who said they saw it and said that it was a, quote, large bird with red eyes. There was a local contractor named Newell Patridge who claims to have seen it as well, aimed a flashlight at it uh, in a nearby field and said he saw the glowing red eyes. And he said uh, the way he quoted it, the glowing of the red eyes was, quote, like bicycle reflectors. So you can imagine seeing like, a you know, the red reflectors that you get on bicycles if you hit it with light or any, any sort of reflector, right? Even cars have them, right? On You see the red reflectors on the backs of cars nowadays. You know, when your headlights hit them and the light reflects off that. Now imagine seeing that, but on some sort of creature out in a field, you know, adjacent to you or next to you, that'd be a pretty scary sight. Never mind my dogs barking in the background there. This is why I try to record when it's quiet. My dogs are barking. Anyways. So yeah, you can imagine seeing that on a silhouette or shape of a creature would be really frightening. Pausing for my dogs because they're barking. So yeah, you can imagine seeing that would be really scary, really frightening, you know, for anyone, whether then or now. If I saw something like that, I'd be really spooked too. Now, the Mason County Sheriff at the time, George Johnson, he commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron that he called a, quote, shite poke, Uh, S-H-I-T-E-P-O-K-E, shite poke. Um, Wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith, who was a wildlife biologist at West Virginia University, he told reporters uh, descriptions and sightings fit that of a sandhill crane. Okay, I, 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 I know exactly what sandhill cranes look like. We get them here uh, in New Mexico as well. Yeah, they're large birds. And I suppose if you saw one at night, especially flying, they're, they're pretty big. But to be as big as what a lot of these people are quoting, you know, even if I saw a crane at night, it's like, yeah, I could see it startling you, but think you would figure out pretty quick what it is you go okay that that, that's a large bird you know versus this being a a human like they said a humanoid shape with wings and and the the, just how big it was what what a lot of the people quote it it it, the size that it is that that's the commonality i see a lot on on this research is that the, the sheer size of it the height of it being six or seven feet tall with this giant wingspan of of you know like these people had reported of 10 feet. You know, you commonly see sizes like that in these reports. So cranes are big birds, but you know, again at night, yeah, sure. Your, your senses are going to be a little more heightened and you see something like that. You might be a little more frightened. Your adrenaline's going to start pumping and you might over-exaggerate. But again, I think if you saw a crane at night, you're going to know, oh, that's a crane. Okay. No big deal. It's a crane or, or a bird of some sort, right? You're going to realize that. So anyways, that's just one that was put out there. Mr. Smith, the biologist, um, you know, again, he said that it was a crane, which is a large American, you know, bird that can be very tall and can have large wingspans. 
Um, and they do have, uh, they do feature circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. Okay, true. Yeah, if you did see them, you know, in light, yeah, you could see that. But the description of seeing the glowing red eyes or like reflected light, that's pretty particular versus just a red ring color around their eyes. So just thought I'd put that out there. It's 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 one of the things I found in the research. So, but just pretty interesting that I those ideas. So, all right. So yeah, people talked about seeing these red color rings or uh, the, the biologist, excuse me. Uh, around the, the bird's eyes, which, yeah, okay, I get the red, but I don't know, it se- seems, I don't know, anyways, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure about that, it it sounds like they're grabbing at straws here, you know, trying to a- explain it, you know, especially to the public, maybe just to appease everyone that, you know, here, here's what, here's what it is, here's what we actually see. One thing too, the biologist stated that those cranes, they're not actually native to that region. Um, So he hypothesized that the birds may have wandered out of its migration route. People saw them and then, you know, the imaginations run wild, right? And they make stuff up. The following year, 1967, people did continue to see mysterious mothmen around Point Pleasant and slowly moving uh, outward from uh, Point Pleasant. Eventually, there were actually sightings of Mothman in other places in the United States and even as far as Russia. In an estimated 100 reports, some claimed that these sightings were connected with UFOs. Others have claimed that a military storage site was the Mothman's quote home. According to a lot of different theories, the Mothman emerged from either the depths of hell or the upper echelons of space. Others say that the Mothman attacked their roofs of parked cars, lurked outside, lurks outside of homes, chased cars, stole pet dogs, etc., etc., things like that. So there's a lot of different ideas behind it. So it, it is pretty mysterious because of that. Now, the sightings of the Mothman, they continued until this, this is a really good one. And this is actually, it's a good one, I should not the best way. This is an interesting story. And this is what the Mothman movie, Mothman prophecies, excuse me, book and movie are based on. In December of 1967, December 15th to be exact, there was a bridge called the Silver Bridge, which had U.S. Route 35 going over the Ohio River between Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and Philippolis, Ohio. If you know the pronunciation of it, let me know. I see the double L at the beginning, and I, I want to pronounce it Guy, Gaipolis, you know, because where I live, all the Spanish spelling, you see two L's like that. Anyways, in Ohio. Now, it collapsed December 15th, 1967, this date. It collapsed under the weight of all the rush hour traffic, all the, the vehicles that were on there. Um, unfortunately, 46 people were killed during this incident. The bridge was carrying a lot heavier loads than it had originally been designed for. And and unfortunately had been poorly maintained up to this point. And that was the reason it did collapse. This collapse was caused by the failure of a single eye bar in a suspension chain. Yet, however, afterwards, people began to claim they had seen this Mothman standing on the bridge the day before. Possibly as an omen of the disaster to come. And that's kind of the 
one of the big ideas of the Mothman nowadays is that it's like this omen of things to happen. Uh, bad things, natural disasters, uh, all, all kinds of different things such as that. So this Mothman was later introduced, you know, much further to a foot farther reach by Gary Barker in 1970 when he was the one that linked the collapse of the Silver Bridge to the Mothman. Uh, it was later popularized popular, popularized by John Keel in his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies. Again, this is where we get the movie as well from. Uh, in this book, he claimed that there were supernatural events related to the sightings and a connection to the collapse of this Silver Bridge. Uh, this book also like I said later, was adapted into this movie. Uh, came out in 2002, uh, starring Richard Gere. It's actually a really good movie. If you've not seen it, I highly recommend it. It's actually a really good one. Um, I do enjoy it. Now, this movie definitely brought it to a much more larger audience nationally here in the U.S., um, especially within the Point Pleasant area. Huge, huge movie star doing it. Big, big time production. So, but yeah, really good movie. I recommend it. You know, whatever you believe in this, it's still a good movie. It's, it's enjoyable. Now, there was a gentleman who was a, uh, grew up in Point Pleasant named Jeff Wamsley. And he would listen to stories of the Mothman in the area growing up. So he later actually wrote two books himself on this. One titled Mothman, Facts Behind the Legend. That came out in 2001. And another one titled Mothman. Behind the Red Eyes, which came out in 2005. And in 2006, he opened the Mothman Museum to showcase his assembled archival material. That's pretty cool. I think that'd be pretty awesome to see. Um, this includes eyewitness accounts, police reports, all kinds of uh, different information and facts relating to the Mothman. Now, in addition to this museum, Point Pleasant, they actually host an annual Mothman Festival on the third weekend in September. That sounds pretty awesome to me. I think that's pretty cool. You have to make a trip out to West Virginia in uh, late September. It'd probably be really nice that time of year out there too. Uh, I've been to Virginia um, and definitely I remember it being very nice that time of year. It could be a little, little muggy, but I would imagine West Virginia probably be really nice out there that time of year. But anyways, so I thought that'd be kind of cool. I thought that was kind of neat seeing that, that they, they celebrate this. So they commemorate the visit of the Mothman in this fest festival, which they feature uh, speakers, bands that play music, they have various vendors, uh, pictures, there's a Mothman statue, um, there's bus tours, a lot of other things. So I, that I think would, that, 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 that's really cool. I think that it's awesome that they celebrate it, um, that they embrace it again, whether you believe in it or not. Um, I think that's really cool that they've embraced it and brought it into the pop culture. You know, like I said, there's a statue that is in Point Pleasant, West Virginia that you can go see. I'm actually looking at an image of it right now. It has a really cool plaque underneath it. Now, obviously this is some one, one person's artistical representation of the Mothman, but still, again, I think it's really neat that they embrace it and that they do things such as this festival and whatnot about the Mothman. So I think that's really cool. I think that's really neat. I do want to talk about the movie a little bit. Um, that's pretty much all I had to talk about the Mothman. 
it's really neat. It's a really neat idea, really neat um, sort of paranormal creature, mysterious creature. Like I said, there have been other sightings around the world. Um, maybe I'll talk about that a little bit more here. But I want to talk about the movie that came out in 2002. Again, I really liked it. Um, I always enjoyed it. For me, that was definitely my introduction into, you know, what this is, the Mothman. I didn't really know anything about it or of it before seeing this movie. So it definitely brought it into my world and and brought it to my attention. And like I said, I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. It, it I've always liked it. So this movie, like I said, it came out in 2002. It's an American movie. It's considered a supernatural mystery. That's uh, directed by Mark Pellington. I'm not sure what other movies he's done, but he's an American director, writer, and producer. Um, like I said, it stars Richard Gere and Laura Linney. Again, it's based on this 1970 book of the same name by the parapsychologist uh, John Keel. The screenplay was written by Richard Haddam, I believe is how you pronounce it. The story follows uh, uh, a man by the name of John Klein, played by Richard Gere. He is a uh, reporter, and he's re- researching this legend of the Mothman. And in the story, his, his wife passed away two years earlier prior to these events. And he's sent to cover this news piece that ends up inexplic- inexplicably finding himself in Point Pleasant. This is just kind of the um, like the footnotes of the movie. Um, where there have been sightings of unusual creatures and other unexplained phenomena. And he becomes increasingly drawn into mysterious forces at work. He hopes they can reconnect him to his wife. And then Linny plays the local sheriff who becomes concerned about his obsession. That's the, ba- that's the basis of the movie. Um, it takes place between November 1966 and December 1967, leading up to the collapse of that bridge. And that is a big, like, final scene in the movie, is the collapse of that bridge. I've obviously given the spoilers, but, you know, just talking about it, but that's, that is what happens. We'll talk a little bit about the themes and interpretations of the movie that, that a lot of people um, kind of get from this movie. So it kind of goes into the, the whole idea of Mothman, too. So, so this writer, Paul Meehan... He judged the film's explanation um, of Mothman as, quote, to be confused mishmash of science fiction and demonology. And he likened it to the television series The X-Files, which, okay, yeah, I can get that. Seeing, Having watched The X-Files, really enjoying those, and then seeing this movie, yeah, okay. Um, but it, it continues, he says, though, preserving Keel's breathless hysteria. Uh, he also remarked that the, quote, aliens spouting prophetic utterances are rare in ufo literature so it kind of sounds like he's you know the whole alien thing but against it i guess you'd say if you will in contrast to that uh, author jason horsley he declared the mothman prophecies to, to quote probably be the most effective depiction of demonic forces at work in u.s cinema pretty cool uh he assessed its approach to the mothman legend as depicting a quote schizophrenic nature of reality fulfilling a revelation purpose in horror film as it strips away the comfortable veneer of consensus reality to reveal the seething abyss of irrationality. Um, Horsley argued the film's Mothman arrives from a foreign dimension, but being without physical existences, existence, excuse me, it is also a product of the minds of Point Pleasant's citizens based on formless and impersonal energy. Uh, the Mothman identified by Horsley as emissary of the uh, psychoanalytic theory, the id or ego, superego, 
are three distinct interact, in, interacting agents in the psychic apparatus defined by Sigmund Freud's structural model of the psyche and is depicted in the film as being as natural as electricity. And again, that came from uh, Horsley. Again, kind of arguing some of the themes and interpretations of what the Mothman is. Kind of neat. I just thought I'd add that in there. Pretty cool. So here's another thing I can add. Um, that's pretty cool. So in 2016, uh, WCHS-TV, which is a television station that is out of Charleston, West Virginia, they published a photo that purportedly was to be of the Mothman taken by an anonymous man while driving on Route 2 in Mason County. Uh, science writer Sharon A. Hill proposed that this photo showed, quote, a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or snake away, and wrote that, quote, there is zero reason to suspect it is the Mothman as described in legend. There are too many far more reasonable explanations. That was the quote from her. Okay, I, I guess. All right. And what are some of those explanations? Um, but anyways, this was a photo that someone anonymously posted. Was it the Mothman? Was it real? Were they just trying to get a rise? You know, because of the knowing the history in the community in that, in that area. Was it an owl carrying dinner? You know, owls are nocturnal. They do fly at night. And can be pretty big. Some owls can be quite big. So I could see that being uh, mistaken for a supposed Mothman. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, folklorist Jan Harold Brunvant notes that the Mothman has been widely covered in popular press. Yeah. Uh, claiming some sightings connected with UFOs. Others, the, the military storage site, like I said before. Brunvint notes that recounts of the 66-67 Mothman reports usually state that at least 100 people saw the Mothman, with many more, quote, afraid to report their sightings, but observed that written sources for such stories consisted of children's books or sensationalized or undocumented accounts. That fell to, quote, indefinable persons, excuse me. Brunvent found elements in common among many Mothman reports that much older folk tales, uh, suggesting that something real may have triggered the scares and became woven with existing folklore. He also recorded anecdotal tales of Mothman supposedly attacking the roofs of parked cars, occupied teenagers, that are kind of the same things I mentioned before earlier. American skeptic and investigator of paranormal uh, Joe Nickel, he says that a number of hoaxes followed the publicity generated by the original reports, uh, such as a group of construction workers who tied flashlights to helium balloons. You know, see if you flew that up at night, somebody see that and freak out. Where these reports are coming from, I'm not sure. Um, Nickel attributes the Mothman stories uh, to sightings of bar barred owls. Excuse me, <clears throat> barred owls which are, can also be known as uh, northern barred owls, uh, striped owls, um, or even hoot owls. Um, they are uh, do live in North America. Um, he, he suggests that the glowing eyes of the Mothman were actually red-eye effect caused from the reflection of light from flashlights or other bright light sources, which, yes, that does occur. You know, you've, you've, I'm sure you've probably seen that in animals 
at night where any light there is reflects off their eyes, right? A lot of animals have that characteristic. So you can certainly understand that, that why he would be skeptical of that and say something like this. So I'm not saying he's right or wrong or anybody else here's right or wrong. Uh, I've personally never experienced the Mothman. I've personally never seen the Mothman or what might be considered the Mothman. So I can't say for myself. I just like the story and the ideas behind it and, and the folklore and every, I, I think it's really neat. I, I keep saying that, but I do. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. So there's one report that comes out of the University of Chicago from psychologist David A. Gallo. Gallo? Let's see. Who says 55 sightings of Mothman in Chicago during 2017, which were actually published on the website of self-described Fortean researcher Lon Strickler, are, quote, a selective sample. Uh, Gaio explains that, quote, he's not sampling random people and asking if they saw the Mothman. He's just counting the number of people that voluntarily came forward to report a sighting. So according to Gaio, he, he says, continues, quote, people more likely to visit a paranormal-centric website like Strickler's might also be more inclined to believe in and therefore witness the existence of a, quote, Mothman. So sounds like another skeptical, um, another skeptic, excuse me, um, again, I'm, I'm not going to say who's right or wrong in this. Am I a believer? Um, in this case, I'm like Mulder in the X-Files. I want to believe. Uh, I definitely want to. Um, I find this very fascinating. Whatever it is, whether it's an alien or whether it's some paranormal entity, whatever. I definitely want to believe. Um, I, I find it very fascinating. But again, I've not experienced or seen anything myself to give an answer either way. But in that argument that uh, Guy was saying against Strickler is that someone like Strickler, where you know you already you're talking to people that are they're biased, right? They're they're already believers, so they, they want to believe, or you know they're they're kind of their mindset is in that of okay, I believe this is true, so it must be true. So I see something. Oh, that's it. That's that's the Mothman, right? Or whatever it is, right? If you're if you believe in ghosts and you go ghost hunting, you know, there's been a lot of people I've seen shows and read stuff and listen to podcasts where people debunk what people claim as seeing or hearing ghosts, whatever. And a lot of that being that saying that people are biased, that you're already in that state of mind that you do believe or you want to believe. So you're more prone to put yourself in that mindset of, okay, I'm going to experience something. And I get that. I, I can see that. That makes perfect sense. Um, you know, from that example, you know, as far as ghosts and spirits, I personally definitely believe in that. Um, I mentioned it in my Halloween episode last year, my personal experiences. So I definitely believe. And those experiences I had before came out of a, for me, an unbiased state. At that point in my life, I was kind of like... I. I didn't, I wouldn't say that I was a non-believer, but I wouldn't say that I was a believer. I just, I, I had thoughts and ideas of that sort of thing, but I was never like, oh yeah, I know these exist or, or no, I, these don't exist at all. Um, I would say I was kind of on the fence on that particular subject. I had these experiences of my own that definitely pointed me towards that bias of, yes, I believe. So do I have that? If I were to go ghost hunting, would I be on that bias of, 
believing and perhaps getting that mindset of I want to experience something. I hope I do experience something. I'm going to experience something, whether it it is or not, I suppose. I suppose so. So with that, I think if you're going to do those sort of things, you have to try to, you have to try to bring an unbiased mindset into it and, and tell yourself, okay, if I believe in this, I need to go into it and think you need to be willing to debunk your own situation. I believe, uh, for me personally, I've experienced things, uh, even more recently I've discussed with my wife and I've tried to de- de- debunk myself one in which I'm thinking of right now. I still can't quite debunk it as it being some other non-paranormal thing. Um, I might talk about it later in the future, but I want to leave you on the, the edge there for it. It's nothing too scary or crazy or weird or anything, but it's just, I recently had an experience that again, I, it, I was, it was, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't going in thinking I'm, I'm going to experience something, something happened. And it was just kind of like, it caught me off guard and I was like, Whoa, Hey, what caused this? What could have caused this? And I tried to recreate it. It was very difficult to recreate. I, I do believe it was, I guess you could say something otherworldly. Anyways, I'll talk about that a little bit more, maybe later in a future episode, but I want to leave a little, little cliffhanger there for you. Leave a, you know, little, little sample there, little, little nugget you can hold on to. So yeah. So there's the Mothman. It, there's a lot of cool stuff out there about it. I just wanted to do a brief little episode about it. There's so much more I could have gone into so much more stuff out there about it, but I just, I saw a thing the other day for, for that movie, uh, the 2002 Richard Gere movie. I'd actually like to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I do remember it being a really cool movie, really enjoyable. I've never seen it in theaters. Um, I believe I saw it with my mom actually in theaters. I believe so. She was always into that kind of stuff too. So, but yeah, anyways, if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. If you haven't read the book, go find it, read it, whatever. Go do some more research on this. If you've seen the Mothman, you think you've seen the Mothman, let me know. Reach out to me. Tell me, have you, do you believe, do you not believe? What's your ideas on it? Reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, Our Weird World. You can find me on Instagram, Our Weird World. Uh, email me, Our Weird World. Oh my gosh, I forgot my email. It's been so long. <laughs> Our Weird World Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Oh, my son's waking up from his nap. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Take care. <laughs>